Hi, Grace Chapel. I'm Tomboy Claire. I'm the campus pastor at Foxborough. And I just want you to know, as your campus pastors, these guys right here, we genuinely miss you. Uh, we miss seeing your faces, and uh, you get to see ours up here occasionally, but we don't get to see yours, and we just want you to know that we miss you, and we look forward to a time when we can be in each other's physical presence. This morning, I want to talk about uh, bless. We've been talking about bless for the last five weeks, and back in October, these guys, Richard, Stephen, Tom, Tom, and Tom, I don't know why these guys don't have a different name named Tom, but anyway, we went to a conference in Avon, Massachusetts, at Grace Church. And we had the opportunity to spend time together, which I was really looking forward to. But in the process of being there and being together, we figured we would glean something that we'd be able to take back with us. But we weren't expecting what happened with Bless. Bless took our breath away. Bless caught us by surprise. As we heard about Bless for the first time and got to talk about it over lunch, that day with Chick-fil-A box lunches, we got excited about it. We got so excited about it, it talk, we talked about it at our Monday morning meeting the next week and the Monday morning meeting after that. And then we brought in Pastor Brian and, and Pastor Mark and anybody else who would listen to what we had to say about Bless and how we would love to see this as part of the culture at Grace Chapel. Now, we like Bless for several reasons, but in particular, we like Bless because it's memorable. We like the idea that it can be a common language across all of our campuses. We like the definition it brings to our mission, discovering life with God for the good of the world. You see, faith, faith was meant to be discovered, uncovered, and lived Faith is a story, a story of ups and downs, a story of wins and losses, a story of sin and forgiveness, surrender and love. Faith is your story, how God has met you, what he has meant to you, and where he's brought life. So if you missed last Sunday or this is the first time you're joining us, just to catch you up on what BLESS actually means, BLESS is an acronym. The B stands for begin with prayer. Pray for people. Pray for people that are in your life. Pray for people that come into your normal sphere of influence throughout the day or these days it may be just in your mind because you don't get to see as many as you used to. L stands for listen with care. Listen to people. Not just to their words, but to the things that are saying beyond their words. It also means listen to God. Recently, I think it was just yesterday, actually, my neighbor, Dan, said, you're going to never believe what happened to me. The delivery guy was coming up the driveway, and I felt God tell me, give this guy $10. And he's like, huh? He's like, all right. So the delivery guy comes up the door, he hands him $10, and the delivery guy smiles and says, Thank you so much. You have no idea. I forgot my lunch at home today. I can't believe this. Dan listened to a nudge from God, and he made somebody's day by giving him his lunch for the day. L stands for listen with care. E stands for eat together. Take time to spend with each other over a meal, over coffee, over ice cream. S stands for serve and love. Pastor Brian talked about this last week. How can you pour out love on other people? 
Well, the best way to do that is to do some of those other things first, like pray for them, care for them, and listen closely to maybe what's going on in their lives. You might find out how you can serve them well in love. And today, today, S is share your story. And we're going to take a look at that in just a minute. But before we do, while we're at this conference, we got to hear from Dave Ferguson. And Dave Ferguson said this one quote that put words to something I have felt my entire life. And the quote was this. We live our faith and we share our lives. When we bless others, we live our faith and we share our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the church, and so I have a pedigree when it comes to the church. And the way that I was always taught is that we live our lives and we share our faith. What did that mean? Well, it meant a lot of awkward attempts at forcing my story on people. People that often, if I'm being honest, probably didn't want to hear it. People that if I'm looking back on now, I probably need to go back and apologize to and say, I'm sorry. I wish I hadn't done that. Because when we live our faith and we share our lives, it's much more natural. This is a very important distinction for us. When we live our faith and share our lives, sharing with others, it's like the sunrise or the sunset. It just happens. Sharing your story is not about conversion. It's not about changing someone's mind. It's about having a conversation. It's about sharing a small piece of yourself, a small piece that God has given you, whether it was a change of mind or a, a heart or a new way to see something from a different perspective. We live our faith and share our lives just like when we live our faith and share our lives, sharing is easy and expected because we've already developed relationships Relationships where people understand who we are and most likely want to know more about our lives, just like we want to know more about theirs. We bless to share the character, love, and heart that God has for everyone. At Grace Chapel, we bless others because we believe in discovering life with God and that when we do discover life with God, we want to share it with others. Because when we find life, It can't be contained within us. We need to be sharing it with others. So as we take a turn to look deeper into share your story, I wonder what stories have shaped you the most. Has it been the lifestyles of the rich and the famous? Has it been a a parent, a, a neighbor, or maybe a teacher? Has it been a negative or positive influence? Maybe today you feel like you're imprisoned in your own story and you can't find your way out. And thinking that there's no way out, that's just not true. We can easily also get distracted and caught off guard by circumstances and people that come into our lives. And sometimes, sometimes, we let them write our story. Now, no matter where you are today, I want you to know that God is for you. Whether you're living life well, whether you're struggling, or whether you're feeling lost, God is for you. Jesus shows us this in just about every interaction we see. He had a special way of blessing others. He had a special way of 
helping people regain dignity. He had an unassuming way of restoring value and bringing life to those he came in contact with, to those who might have been down on their luck or maybe just down on themselves. There's one particular incident that I want to talk about today where Jesus and the disciples were traveling and they're traveling on a long journey and they come to the outskirts of this town and there's a well there. And Jesus was tired and so he stops at the well and the disciples go into town to find food and while they're on their journey to find food, a woman comes out from the town and she's about to draw water. Some of you may know this story as the story of the woman at the well. We'll spend a few moments highlighting the last part of the story because it, it gives us insight on how we can share our story best. So just to get our bearings, Jesus asked the Samaritan woman for water. And then this long conversation ensues. Now again, I'm only going to hit the high points, but I would encourage you strongly to take some time later today and read John 4. It is so beautiful and rich in detail. The beauty of the conversation is that Jesus surprises this woman simply by talking to her. Jews and Samaritans did not mix. And so for Jesus to actually engage this woman in a conversation, he was recognizing her presence. He was engaging her in a conversation. He was listening to her words, and he was also sharing who he was. The whole exchange is fascinating, and you should really take time to read it later today. He calls her out on her sin and builds her up all at the same time. Doing these things made her feel worthy. It made her feel noticed and excited. She comes away from this moment with this excitement that she can't contain. And as the disciples come back with food from the town, she runs off to the town. And she says, come, come see a man. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? This woman, this woman was not an expert in theology. This woman was not great in relationships. But Jesus brought this woman dignity. He gave her something to be excited about. Excitedly and simply, she went and shared it with those who knew, that knew her. Not as an expert, but as one who had discovered something exciting. Jesus. She found Jesus. And she wanted to share him. Come. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? The best thing about this story is that Jesus uses a five-time married woman with her not-so-perfect, somewhat humiliating, and very vulnerable life to get the attention of an entire town. And all she had to do was go back and tell them what happened. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? In the same way, God wants to use your story. He wants to use your story and my story to do more than we could ever think or imagine. 
He wants to use your story and my story to encourage others to help them. To give them encouragement and to save them from maybe you fill in the blank. This is what stories do. And everyone has a story, regardless of where you are in life. If this story teaches us anything, it teaches us that everyone has value in the eyes of God. Everyone has value in the eyes of God. It also teaches us that everyone is loved, and regardless of their mess-ups, God is for them. And lastly, it, it teaches us that you're not who you were on your worst day. You are not who you were on your worst day. Don't ever let your worst day define you. Sure, you've been through some stuff, and that's not to be taken lightly. But at the end of the day, those things have happened in your yesterday. Process them well. Ask for forgiveness. Find wisdom from them and insight. But you have not been forgotten. God loves you and he's for you. And he happens to be your biggest fan. So that's what the story teaches us. But in order to share your story, there are two things to keep in mind. Two things for us to do that we can notice from the Samaritan woman. The first one is give people access Give people access to the real you. This is what we do when we live our faith and share our lives. We give people access to how we process and how we think, what's inside of our head and what we're learning. Yes, it is vulnerable, but it is extremely rewarding. I don't know if you've had time to, maybe you've had a lot of time to do this, but I've had time over the last couple of days to be able to Recognize what Jimmy Fallon and Garth Brooks and John Kaczynski have been doing on social media, and it, to me, has just been fantastic. These guys have taken the time to allow the curtain to be pulled back in their lives so that we can see the real them. I don't know if you had a chance to see Jimmy Fallon, but he actually films his show, the introduction of his show, at a table with his two daughters making cards that they hold up in front of the screen. And you get to see him interact with his girls. Later on, he comes out and he's interviewing his wife as they take a walk. And it's beautiful. Like, he actually loves his wife and you can tell that she loves him and you get to see that on camera. There's something that happens when we get to see people in their real life scenarios. I'm a big Garth Brooks fan, and I really enjoyed watching him and Trisha Yearwood on their one hour that they had on CBS. And as I watched their songs and watched them interact, and it wasn't like a concert or anything, but they were interacting with social media and playing songs. Man, I just like Garth Brooks. He's a good human. And there was this one song where they both even got choked up, and you could see how much they loved each other. It was beautiful. In this season, we need more of that. How are you giving other people access to your life so that they can see and know your story? So the first thing we do is we give access to the real you. The second thing we do is, well, we make God the hero. God is the focal point, not you. 
It is so hard for us sometimes not to be the hero of the story. But when we do it right, God is the hero of the story. This is what the woman at the well did well. She ran back to the town to share, and in two sentences, she gives access to something extremely vulnerable that has happened to her at the well. And she also makes Christ the focal point of her story. Come, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Allow me to give you access into my life. In, in 2006, I um, had a death of a dream, if you will. I was in my first pastorate and was realizing that that ministry was not a ministry where I was going to be for 25 years. And the dream for me was that I would be there for a long period of time, that I would cement my feet on that ground and develop lots of relationships. But after about five and a half years, I realized that that was not going to be the case. And I was grieving that. I didn't know what was next. I was a little worried, concerned. I wasn't confident at all. And about this time, and as we turned the calendar year into 2007, my wife Amy gave birth to our daughter Anna, so that gave us two kids, and here I am thinking about a job change. Is that such a good idea with two children, two and under? Probably not. If I'm being really honest, this time, honestly, was one of the worst in my life. My confidence was so low. I wasn't diagnosed depressed, but I'm pretty sure I was. And so in the midst of praying, I would be praying or trying to pray. At, and God started to give me this spirit of adventure, and I had no idea what to do with it because the last thing I felt was adventure right now. I sat on that for about three months and then finally one of my friends from seminary called me and he said, hey Tom, I'm going to India and I need someone to go with me. I need someone to teach with me and I need someone to visit these orphanages and meet some pastors and I'd just love to have someone else there with me that could help me do what I need to do for my organization. And, and I said, oh, okay. My immediate response was no, I'm not doing that. I've got two kids that are under two. I could never leave Amy and put her in that position. That's not good. But we talked about it, Amy and I, and she actually thought it might be good to bust out of my funk, but I was still too depressed to make a yes out of it. So I called Matt and told him no. The minute that I called him, I knew I had made a mistake. So I called him back and said, Matt, I know I need to go, and I'm so sorry that I said no, but I know I need to go. Can I still go? And he said, of course. And so we go off to India, and I wish I could share with you all the stories that I learned along the way and how my perspective changed. And, but one story in particular on our 21-day trip was we got to visit an orphanage near the end of our trip. And at that orphanage, I had the opportunity to meet 30 girls who were from six months old to six years old. 30 girls who, if it wasn't for the actions of this one couple, would certainly not have been living in that moment. But there they were. There they were, rescued, wanted, loved, cared for, being well-fed. And there I was in the midst of them. Being a human jungle gym for 90 minutes as they were infatuated with my watch and wanted to show each of us where they laid their head and 
It was a beautiful time. Before we left, we sat down in a big circle and they started singing all these worship songs in English and reciting verses in English. (laughs) And that's when it hit me. That's when I heard God say, Tom, just like these girls, I got you. You're going to be fine. Trust me. Ooh, trust you. I've been trusting you my whole life. What do you mean? What did this do for me? It showed me that in the midst of my personal funk, God could be trusted. And I knew that in my head. But having traveled halfway around the world and sitting there in that circle with those 30 girls, hmm, I got to feel it with my heart. It brought me peace. It brought me confidence. It brought me a new understanding of who God was and how he met me. I wish I could share more of that with you, but if we're going to share our stories well, we give people access and we make God the hero. And please remember, you don't have to share your entire life story when you share your story. It's only a piece of your story of how God has impacted you and giving you life. God has made us in his image and he has given us the gift of life If you believe in him, you have his life running through you and your your life is flush with experiences and instances of how God has brought you life. And it's uniquely your story. Don't go making it harder than it is. Recognize the life you've been given and when the time is right, share it. When we live out of faith and share our lives, we bless others by giving them fresh perspective, hope, and encouragement, and life. And in this season, now more than ever, people need that. So as we're in this quarantined and maybe feeling stuck season, maybe we're thinking a lot about what we're missing out on or what we don't have, I want to encourage you. Look at the opportunities you do have. Look at the opportunities that you have to make the most of blessing others. Begin with prayer. Pray for people who come to mind. Text them or email them. Call them. Pray with them over the phone. But begin with prayer. Listen with care. Listen well to those that are interacting with you and ask them questions. Every time I start a meeting right now, whether it's with my small staff or with a small group, I take time to ask them on a scale of one to 10, how are you doing today? Are you doing okay? Are you like almost not without a pulse at a one? Or are you at a 10 and you're totally freaked out right now? And as we share and get to listen to one another, we understand where we are, where they are. And I might send them a note later or a text or might even drop them by a a book or a card because I know what they need because I've taken time to listen. Eat together. Yeah, we can't be in each other's physical presence right now, but you could make somebody a loaf of bread. You could buy them a pizza and have it delivered to their door. You could set up a virtual coffee or dessert or a Zoom meeting for dinner. Eat together. Serve in love. 
If you listen closely enough, you can find a way to serve and love anybody. Sometimes if you just watch closely enough. My daughter, I love her. She's so beautiful. She was recognizing the mailman the other day and she got out her markers and paper and she literally made the mailman this ornate, colorful sign, taped it to the mailbox. And I'm like, okay, man, what's the mailman gonna do? Is he gonna take this home? Is he gonna crumple it up? Is he gonna leave it there? What's gonna happen? I have no idea. Sure enough, the next day the mail comes. What's in the mail but a card from the mailman saying thank you. You made my day, your mailman, Bob. The mailman has a name. It's Bob. We know that now. Serve in love. Share your story. A piece of your story. Somewhere where God has brought you life. What has God done in or for or with you that you simply can't contain and need to share? And in this season where maybe we're around our families a little bit too much for some of you, and I imagine not enough for others, but those of you that are in your families with children and students around, let me encourage you all the more to pull back that curtain a little bit more for them to see how you process your faith in trying times, for them to hear your heart in a way that maybe they haven't had a chance to before. We've got the time. Let's make it a blessing. We had no idea as campus pastors how timely this sermon on bless and this series on bless was going to be. But we're so glad to have watched God take us from a conference where we weren't expecting anything to a sermon series where he has outpaced our expectations and given us something great for this season. So my prayer for you is that you would bless others in this season because we believe the way of Jesus is to live our faith and share our lives. And when we do that, we're a blessing. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be in the places we are with the people we are. Lord, would you cement these truths in our lives and make us a blessing to others? Lord, make us mindful of the things that you've taught us over these last several weeks, that we could be a blessing, not a burden to others, but a blessing. Go before us, all of us, in all of our ways. Lord, for those of us that are sick, give us strength. For those of us that are healthy, give us love to help those that are sick. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.